Hi, I'm Bernard Tobin. Welcome to Real Agriculture. You know, there's been a lot of discussion recently about the PMRA decision to restrict the use of Lambda Sahalothin. Now, that's the active ingredient in many insecticide products farmers use to control yield-robbing pests. The government has asked crop protection companies to modify their labels to reflect the restricted use, and some companies have opted to remove key products from the market. In 2023, what does that mean for corn, soy, and wheat producers? To sort through the implications, I'm joined today by Tracy Bowdy. She is the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture's field crop entomologist. Hi, Tracy. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me. Always great to have you on Real Agriculture. Thanks for having me, Bern. Hey, let's kick this off by framing the issue that growers are facing. Um, tell me about the PMRA decision and what are the key products that will not be available to growers this year? Okay, so uh, back in 2021, PMRA did their routine reevaluation of all of the Lambda Sahalithin products. So that includes Matador, Silencer, Volume Express, and Endigo, and a few other generics. So when looking through that data, they found some problematic, um, whether it's residues for human consumption or uh, exposure to workers or environment. So they have decided to pull some uses on some crops um, starting, it can no longer be used uh, April, 2023 on certain crops like lettuce, bulb vegetables, um, a lot of the oil seeds with a few exceptions like flaxseed and mustard um, and, and canola. And all of this is based on, yeah, their concerns that going forward, um, there's with lack of new data to show otherwise, um, they've got to, they find unacceptable some of these use patterns. So, and then anything else that is still allowed to be used will have some label adjustments. So that'll be, you know, buffer zone changes or rate changes or PPE um, or reentry, all of that to help reduce the risk. Mm. Yeah, and, and you know, from a feed perspective, you know, there's seems to, there's no way to ensure that these crops, you know, treated with these products can be, I guess, directed away from animal feed. So that's yes. that's part of the reasoning as well, right? Yep, and I forgot to list that. That's the most important part when it comes to field crops. Um, they have eliminated all field use feed uses. So, and that is because of they they found unacceptable risk to humans when they consume products from livestock. So, meaning they can't guarantee there isn't residues uh, within the milk or the the meat um, when we're eating that. So, they have eliminated all feed uses. So. It's additionally problematic for us because some of these crop uses will still be on the label, but in essence, all field crops in Ontario at some level end up going to feed, whether it's directly or aftermarket when it doesn't meet certain standards um, and because of bulk storage and lack of segregating these crops to be able to say these weren't treated absolutely 100%. Um, there's no guarantee when a grower is growing a crop that it's not going to at some point end up in feed. Right. So, hey, this decision, as you say, impacts a whole range of crops. But for this yes. video, I would like to focus on corn, soybeans, and cereals. Um, you know, from western bean cutworm to soybean aphids and armyworm, you know, growers will need to understand their control options. Um, let's start with corn. How do we tackle western bean cutworm in 2023? So we're fortunate. Um, yes, no doubt Matador and Volume Express were important rotational tools that we could use for Western bean cutworm, but we still have others. So we have Corrigin still left, Delegate, and Intrepid. 
And those work really well on Western bean. I would say if anyone saw, went to diagnostic days last summer, um, they learned that at least Corrigin and Delegate have good, good long-term residual, you know, up to maybe 10 to 14 days. Intrepid, a little less. Um, but regardless, efficacy-wise, um, they, they work well. So we're not completely limited when it comes to Western bean, which is a positive thing. What about other corn pests? Yeah, so typically the only other ones that really pop up, um, like black cutworm, the occasional one, or especially armyworm, true armyworm, um, you do have products, just they're going to be corrigin or some of the older uh, chemistries, the cypermethrins, the older pyrethroids. But we're still not limited to nothing, which is a positive thing. Mm. Just be aware. Try not to... Um, aim to apply corrigin more than three, I think the label says four times a year. So you're going to have to be strategic if you really do end up being challenged. And, and there's a chance because unfortunately, pretty mild winter, um, we are going to see some early season pests. So you, we may use corrigin in the start of the year, but then go, oh, what do I do near the end when you start to get the later season pests like Western bean? So be aware um, and be strategic of which selection you use, which product selection you, you choose, um, just so that you're not 100% using Corrigin all season long, because that's just going to cause um, potential risk of resistance. Right. Hey, let's turn our attention to soybeans. What options do growers have uh, for, for bean leaf beetle? So that, that's um, a little more... Um, problematic. <laughs> Bean leaf beetle, we have dimethoate products like Saigon and Lagon. And we also have Concept, which gives you suppression only. Both of those products shouldn't be applied during bloom, which, you know, research is starting to show, even though we don't rely on pollinators to um, pollinate soybeans, they forage them, especially the native ones. So if we have a bean leaf, pro beetle, sorry, bean leaf beetle problem, um, we really have to ensure that we're applying these products when the bees are not foraging, which means later, 8 p.m. or later applications. In terms of bean leaf beetle, we have two different generations that we deal with. The, the one, the overwintering one that comes out. So if you're in, let's say, Essex, um, some Chatham-Kent, you deal with the early season bean leaf beetle, I suggest two strategies there, insecticide seed treatment, but also don't be the very first field to be planted. They, they're going to be looking, they're going to be hungry, they hang out in legumes, native legumes, whether it's uh, um, clover or even alfalfa. But as soon as beans are starting to come up, they'll go into it. So be a little later. If you're um, using food grade or IPM soybeans, I would plant early. You're likely more in Huron and other areas that don't have the early season, but you have later season. So it'd be great to get that um, crop into its higher risk R1, R3, R4 stages early and get the um, get ahead of the pest. And then if you have to, again, apply that product late at night if you need to, mm -hmm. um, to, to make sure you, you um, don't risk the pollinators too. Now, uh, soybean aphids are always a wild card. Um, what, can grow, what can growers do uh, if aphids, you know, reach those control thresholds? Yeah. Thankfully, we still have some decent products. I know a lot turn to Matador, but we also have Safina, Savanto Prime, uh, Movento, Concept, uh, and of course, Dimethoate, the Lagon Saigon. Now, all except Safino and Savanto Prime also have that do not apply during bloom. So I would kind of stick to one of those two products. 
Um, in fact, Safino, some of the trials that um, Gilles Canal has been doing out east, because eastern Ontario seems to be where soybean aphids have been happening, um, it's equivalent or even slightly better than Matador, and it's a little less hot on beneficials. So there's options, which is good. I also, again, there's a scenario where in eastern Ontario, they have an overwintering soybean aphid population, no doubt. So maybe not be the first to plant and come out of the ground. Second, use this, your seed treatments um, because, again, you're going to try and nip those early, early season insects out. And then follow the, um, soy, the aphid advisor app. And that will help guide you depending on your beneficials and what the weather's like and what aphid levels you're seeing. That helps tell you if you need to pull the trigger or not. Right. Hey, and finally, hey, let's turn our attention to cereals. Um, armyworm, yep. cereal leaf beetle are always on the radar here. Yes. So again, thankfully, we have Corrigin and Delicate to work with. Again, you know, are they as um, cost effective as the um, Lambda Sahelithin products? That's debatable, but they're still there for armyworm. Uh, we've never really had decent products, surprisingly, for sear leaf beetle. I'm hoping maybe this will kind of push uh, companies to get something registered, because right now, all we've ever had is malathion. So that pest isn't even impacted by this, this um, cancellation. But a lot of growers tend to use Matador or Volume Express if they know they have armyworm and they have sear leaf beetle, because it would work. So thankfully, when you look through the um, registered products in the States, Delicate is on the list for sear leaf beetle. So if they're already having to apply it for armyworm, for example, it'll also take care of their sear leaf beetle. But that pest, yeah, we need new products on that, mm -hmm. uh, on its uh, radar. Hey, um, f great stuff, Tracy. Now, for more <laughs> information uh, on options for a full range of crops, you can check out Tracy's full article on field crop news. Um, you know, and I know I'm, I trust you're going to be updating that throughout the year as new information becomes available. Absolutely. It is going to be a problematic year where these uses are still going to remain, like corn, soybeans, and cereals. They're still going to be on the label, but we really have to make sure we're not using it on our crops because of the feed use restriction. And and so we're trying to keep that the information up to date as much as possible. Great stuff, Tracy. Always great to have you on Real Agriculture. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. <laughs>